Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucs Nation? Welcome to today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm your host, David Harris, and my co-host, James Jarko, has the week off, but you can find him on Twitter at jarko underscore bucks. Find me at dharrison82. Find the show at Locked On Bucks and find everything we're writing about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers over at BucksNation.com, part of SB Nation, at Bucks underscore Nation. And then find James and I writing five days a week for WTSP 10 Tampa Bay at their website. After you're done listening to this episode of Locked on Bucks podcast, please go check out Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Throughout the week here, guys, with me, uh, as James has been off, you've heard me. Well, first, James was on the very first episode of the week as we recapped the NFL draft, kind of gave our opinions and our thoughts. And then I've had some some hosts from our network on the show. Locked on Auburn host Zach Blackerby on Tuesday. Locked on Gators host Brandon Olson was on the show on Wednesday. And then yesterday, Cindy Robinson, host of the Locked on Pac-12 show, to talk about some of these Buccaneers draft picks specifically and more in depth and today, guys, we've got Buccaneers.com staff writer Carmen Vitale on to give her insights into the draft class as a whole. All right, guys, as promised, now joining me here at the Locked On Bucks podcast, Buccaneers staff writer, one of our favorite guests, one of your favorite guests, Carmen Vitale on Twitter and at Instagram at CarmiVN. Carmen, I still don't have TikTok, so you're going to have to forgive me, and you're going to have to drop your TikTok handle on your own, unfortunately, because of it. Uh, but Carmen Vitale, thank you for joining me, Carmen. How is your week? How's your post-draft been? uh good it's been a lot of watching some film and and kind of figuring things out and also just in general i don't know switching gears and being like oh hey i don't have the draft to have to write about (laughs) there's no more mock drafts what is my week like now that there's no mock drafts yeah now uh so i know some people are already turning towards 2022 mock drafts but fortunately for you and fortunately for me i don't think we need to get there yet Let's uh, let's not talk about that yet. Uh, so, Carmen, obviously, post-draft, we're talking uh, NFL draft. We're talking about this new crop of rookies uh, that are coming in. Hopefully, you've had a day off since uh, the draft kicked off. I haven't, but hopefully you have. <laughs> um, let's start with round one because, obviously, you think Joe Tryon is a terrible pick, which is why you mocked him in your very first mock draft to the Buccaneers. <laughs> Uh, but Levi Onzerike, who I've actually learned how to say his name correctly yeah, now, um, was kind of the late, thank you, was kind of the late push at the end of the first round there. Uh, I know you had him in a mock. I know a lot of people kind of started having him in their mock drafts as well to kind of shore up the trenches there. But the pick ends up being Joe Tryon. What, what was your initial thought? And, and you've done some research on him, obviously, right? How do you think he's going to fit into this room year one? And then if I can ask you to project, where do you think he stands year three? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I was really excited about it when when it happened, and we found out later that like this was the Bucks guy pretty much all along. They really wanted him. Uh, it was interesting to hear. We did a Twitter Spaces thing on Tuesday night, I believe, with our director of player personnel, John Spytek, and he was actually even like, you know, he was our guy, and we were really scared the Ravens were going to take him, and they didn't, so we were all excited. Um, and I really do like the idea of. Uh, adding to the edge rotation. I think that that was another area of need to, I had been saying defensive line, but as we even heard Jason light say this draft just kind of wasn't the strongest when it came to defensive line men and the prospects available. So 
really understood. And I think they got great value uh, getting Joe Tryon where they did. And I'm really excited because I do think that he will be able to get into this rotation with Shaq Barrett, with JPP, as much as they don't like to come off the field. I think that it'll be a really, really, it'll strengthen that edge rotation and maybe it will allow them to have a little bit more rest. And in that, if that's the case, they'll be, remain a little bit fresher and this rotation will really look pretty scary, especially with the guys that you're returning on the interior. So 2021, I see him. What was another interesting thing that John Spytek told us was that they also envision a role for Joe Tryon on special teams, which is not something that I was really thinking about. And I was like, well, that's true. And like his athletic ability is just insane. So could fit into that phase of the ball right away. Um, again, with the rotation. And then by the time 2023 comes around, man, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking that he might be a starter, but like you got Shaq inked to a long-term deal. You're going to have to extend JPP if you want him in the 2023 season. So I don't know if that ends up happening, but I think that he will be that caliber player, especially with those two guys to learn from. He will be a starting caliber player by that period of time. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think there were some questions, maybe a little bit of concern coming out of him because he did opt out of the 2020 season. But then uh, I spoke to Cindy Robinson, our host on this network for the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Mm -hmm. And I also saw an article written for On The Athletic by Greg Allman kind of talking about some of the things that Joe was doing during his quote unquote Mm -hmm. time off not playing collegiate football. And in some ways, he actually may have gotten better and not only gotten better in some athletic areas, but then he didn't take on a year's worth of punishment. Now, right. you kind of trade that in with also a year of less of experience and not being on the field, you know, uh, tracking live targets and, and hunting, as they like to say, on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> so there's a little bit of trade-off there as well. How concerned are you or do you think the Buccaneers were? Because, I mean, obviously, they took him first round anyway, uh, and, and Jason Light, you know, I would imagine isn't too concerned about it to spend a first-round draft pick. And then you look at some other franchises, San Francisco, not only did they take a guy who uh, didn't play the entirety of the 2020 season, but they traded up and mortgaged part of their future for the whole thing. So <laughs> do you get the feeling across from the NFL, or at least in the building, that that really wasn't that big of a deal? Or do you think it was you know, considered, but not necessarily to such an extent that obviously they passed on a guy like Joe? Yeah, I mean, I think you do take that into consideration, but I do think, especially in the Bucks case, you're in a position where you don't need him to make an, an immediate impact. So if he does need a little bit more development, you can afford him that. So I really think that the Bucks were in a position where they didn't really care because at this point, you're right in that he saved his body. Um, he didn't put himself through the grueling, you know, intense season this last year. He was taking care of it. He was, you know, and also I think that speaks to how much of a self-starter and how much, how like self-motivated he is, mm-hmm. because it's a lot harder to figure out your own programs, your own plans on your own to get yourself to those workouts every day, to make yourself eat right. Whereas like when you're with a team, you know, the food is provided, the workouts are provided, everything's provided for you. So honestly, from just a mental standpoint, and we heard from Joe in these post uh, draft pressers where he said how much he loves the game of football. That's right. A guy right up Jason Light's alley. Um, He clearly loves the game. If he was able to do this for a year and he's really anxious to get back into organized football. Sure. But you saved that, you know, that, that, year of on his body and also now you can let him develop because you're not going to need him to be a huge impact player right away so i think that the bucks were probably in a position more than any other team where they were a little bit the least concerned about players that had opted out last year because they were like we don't need them because we've got all our starters (laughs) we can let them develop and we can let them learn from some of the best guys at this position um especially All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we've got more with Carmen Vitale, Buccaneers.com staff writer. But right now, I need to let you know that today's episode brought to you in part by betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
Baseball is in full swing. You can get all the latest news, odds, and information on all your sporting needs at betonline.ag, whether it's baseball, NBA, NHL, or UFC MMA action before the next pitch. Head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and content information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Again, head to their website or your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, Buccaneers fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increases energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Again, text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Back now for segment two here at the Locked On Bucks podcast to wrap up your week, and we're talking, and to do so, we're talking NFL Draft with Buccaneers.com staff writer, Carmen Vitale. Kind of goes back to the Rob Gronkowski trade and bringing him in uh, with OJ healthy. Unfortunately, he didn't stay healthy the entire time, uh, but originally with him healthy, could kind of let Gronk get his football legs back under him. Now, fortunately for the Buccaneers, obviously when OJ got hurt, Rob was able to come in and at least be serviceable enough as a blocking tight end until he yeah. got his receiving wings back. Um, right. So same thing with Joe Tryon. I mean, I think you're, you're right on point there. I think if, you know, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. But if the Buccaneers need him to step in early due to something like that, a similar situation, he has the talent and ability to do it if they ask him to. But hopefully they don't need him to and they can grow in. And you actually hit on it already, but I want to kind of expand on that a little bit because I always kind of go back to Chris Godwin as the like quintessential example of what an NFL franchise want as far as maturity in a rookie, right? Mm-hmm. And and all the stories of Chris and how, you know, he got to Tampa and it was basically set up and then he was contacted and said, hey, let's get you set up. He's like, no, I'm good. Let's go. Let's go to work. Let's, let's do what we need to do. Yeah. And they were just blown away by it. So Joe, having done that, like you said, and Cindy talked about that too on her appearance yesterday, how, you know, as soon as he opted out, he went and got his agency, he went and got down to Los Angeles and has been training this entire time. So he hasn't been playing, but he's been training with literally the top tackle in this year's NFL draft class, Panay Sewell, down right. in Los Angeles. So he's been going up again. I mean, and they're probably not doing drills every day, but you know, when they did do football drills, he's been going up against the best tackle in this class. So he's he's been working and he's been working against talent. How big, how how much bigger is that for him and how much confidence should that give this franchise that he literally could be one of one of the premier parts of their defense for the future? Yeah, I think that has to give you all the confidence in the world to, you know, know that he has, because there's so much at this level, like everyone has talent at this level, everyone has talent at the NFL level, what separates the good from the great are guys like that who are self-starters, they motivate themselves, They it's the mental aspect of the game and to stay disciplined um, throughout the season, throughout, you know, even the offseason especially. And now, I mean, he's just had an extended offseason at this point, So, but he's shown though that he can keep up, you know, a, a certain a regimented program. He can take care of his body. He can eat right. He can do all of these things. And to do that before you even get into the league, I think puts you light years ahead of, you know, a lot of these other rookies that are coming in. So I think that that should really be a huge plus. And I, so I think because of the position the Bucks were in where they didn't need to take someone that was so ready right away, I think that this was best case scenario is get a guy who does have that, the, the right attitude, the right mentality. Um, like I said, loves the game of football 
and you can help develop him in in your system but you already know that he's got the tools and you don't have to worry about him off the field yeah absolutely and so joe tryon i think a really good fit i think a really good situation for him uh to develop in his nfl career and then a, and a bright future ahead of him. It's, it's kind of one of those situations where if he doesn't make it now it's probably because he just wasn't meant to be in, in the national football league and hopefully that's not the case for him or for the organization but then carmen we move into day two uh, and of course, social media was ablaze because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selected with the 64th overall pick their new starting quarterback as Tom Brady heads to the bench in Kyle Trask <laughs> out of Florida, right? Because exactly no backup quarterback would ever get that much social media buzz, right? <laughs> yeah, you'd think. Um, I, it's, it's been really interesting, that, that dynamic. But what was interesting, too, was to hear Bruce Arians say that, you know, hey, Tom wasn't the deciding factor here, but we gave him a heads up or I think it was Jason Light or Bruce Aarons, but they're like, yeah, we talked to Tom about this. We said that there's a very good chance that we might take a quarterback. If that's the case, you know, just letting you know, this is, this is a possibility. Mm -hmm. And Tom was like, cool, great. Let's bring him in. Let's, let's get him started. And I think that people have this kind of, there's this narrative around Tom, I think because of like the New England and the Jimmy Garoppolo years that he's not necessarily a mentor, but that is literally the reason Tom likes is still playing at 43. He oh. loves being a mentor. He loves being part of a team. He like all he talked about this past season was how much he appreciated getting to it, like essentially bring along some other guys and, and to mentor his teammates and to be that, that source of experience for them. So I just think that Kyle Trask is coming into the, you don't want to talk about ideal situations. Kyle Trask is coming into, not only does he have Tom Brady to learn from, but he's got, Bruce Arians as his head coach, the quarterback whisperer. He's got Byron Leftwich, a former quarterback in this league. Clyde Christensen, a longtime quarterback's coach. Tom Moore, who is this 83, whatever he is, 83-year-old <laughs> offensive analyst that is just like a legend as far as offensive schemes go and quarterbacks. Yeah. So I just, like, I'm so excited for him to be able to come in. And it's interesting, too, just because of Kyle Trask's track record. Well, sure, it's saying that five times fast. <laughs> Of he, he's been in these situations where he's had to be a backup since high school and he's had to kind of just wait his turn and wait his turn. And that's not going to be any different here. But the difference here is that obviously he's getting the resources to then set him up for a very good and hopefully long career in this league. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you said, it's, it's a perfect fit. And, and again, talking earlier this week to Brandon Olson of the Locked On Gators podcast, he said the exact same thing. And a lot of the flaws that people point out about Kyle Trask, you know, it's not to say that there aren't any flaws. I mean, listen, every single player in this draft has flaws because they're rookies. They're, they're amateurs turning into professionals for the first time. They all have areas to work on. But Kyle, the good thing about him is pretty much every flaw you see is mechanical and it's fixable. It's something you can teach and that can be learned and can be developed. It's not like a guy who just can't throw a football or a wide receiver that can't catch the football to a certain extent. You can't teach those types of things. Uh, Kyle Trask has all the tools and we'll see how that turns out in the future. That's all we're going to spend on it because again, he's a backup quarterback. And <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to comment on it, but he may not even be the backup. He may be the backup's backup. So, I mean, there, there's time to figure out what Kyle Trask's career is going to be. A guy who could actually have to step in just because he plays in the trenches. And unfortunately, there tends to be a few more injuries in those trenches. Notre Dame offensive lineman Robert Hainsey, what are your thoughts on that third round pick? I was so excited about it, to be quite honest, because I think it's very rare to, I mean, he always starts at Notre Dame, we're at right tackle, and then he goes to the Senior Bowl, and they go, yeah, why don't we see what you look like at guard? Why don't we see what you look like at center? <laughs> and he goes, sure, why not? Yeah, Let's do it. Yeah. And then he even said, if he's not a tackle, he wants to be a center. How many tackles do you know that are going to say, 
yeah, I'll be a center. Like center is so difficult for offensive yeah. linemen. Like, and especially when you're used to being on the edge, like it's just a completely different nuance to your, to that unit. And so I just, I'm so excited about like his attitude towards everything. I think that, you know, coming from a big time program and especially a program like Notre Dame, which is, you know, very known for offensive linemen too. Like mm-hmm. he's pretty well developed already, but then also it's the same thing where he's going to be utilized as depth. And you now have the insurance at pretty much every position on the line that if someone does get hurt, you can plug him in. And it doesn't matter if it's a tackle, if it's at guard, if it's at center. This is a guy that is willing to step in and has, the it seems, the necessary toolkit to do so. So the fact that he did as well as he did in his first go around at the Senior Bowl, going against some top talent, too, at these interior positions is really encouraging. And it makes me really excited as someone who really likes the trench dwellers. Um, really, I was really happy to see that pick, to be quite honest. One more segment here to wrap up the week of the Locked On Bucks podcast. David Harrison joined by Carmen Vitalia, Buccaneers.com. But real quick, we're going to send you a message from our friends over at Built Bar. Well, if you don't know about Built Bars yet, welcome to the show. This must be your first time. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars on the market right now. On their website, BuiltBar.com, there's nine delicious flavors available and the occasional limited time flavor on Wednesday, they dropped a sweet and spicy flavor, uh, basically was jalapeno chocolate that my mother-in-law absolutely went crazy for. I woke up, literally woke up to a message from her telling me that she'd already snagged a box over at BuiltBar.com. Very interested to see what she thinks of that flavor. Just recently, they had a flavor called Mocha Love. I have some of those coming to my house right now. On top of that, you've got some of the regular flavors, coconut, cherry, raspberry, Mint Brownie, the OG, my favorite out of the bunch. Not only are Built Bars great tasting, but they're healthy too. A lot of these bars, guys, 17 grams of protein with just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of the best tasting protein bar you'll ever try. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your next order. Segment three here in the Locked On Bucks podcast, wrapping up the week, talking full NFL draft class, and we're going to get into a little bit of the upcoming schedule release. David Harrison here, joined by Carmen Vitale of Buccaneers.com. The versatility leadership, those are all things that have been become trademarks uh, of these draft classes here over the, la- the last few years. Uh, and, and not only do you, you know, we've got offensive tackles in the National Football League who refuse to play the right side versus the left side. Now you have a guy who says, I'll play tackle, guard, center, whatever you want me to play. I will play it. You combine him with Aaron Stinney and then that starting five. I mean, all of a sudden, like three or four years ago, Carmen, this offensive line unit is probably the most yeah. suspect in the, in the division. It's not the conference and <laughs> not the NFL. Now, all of a sudden, it's, it's like you, have, you have a backup guard with Super Bowl experience. Now you have a, a, a day two offensive lineman coming from, like you said, one of the most storied offensive line schools in history right. who is willing to literally do whatever you need. Probably will hold on extra points, too, if you need him to. So, <laughs> if you need him um, to, who knows? <laughs> yeah, very excited to see uh, Robert Hainsey in action when we can. And then moving on to day three. Jalen Darden out of North Texas, KJ Britt out of Auburn, who we've had some conversations about this week. Chris Wilcox out of BYU, Grant Stewart out of Houston. 
I, I don't know if I've ever been more excited about a Mr. Irrelevant than Grant Stewart out of Houston, <laughs> Carmen. But I think we got to start with Jalen Darden. I mean, all the things you see on the film, all the things you see on the highlight reels, and we all know highlight reels are made, they're highlight reels. They're made to make you look good. But I mean, some of those things, they're not just a happenstance. You know what I mean? The way he leaves some of those guys, I mean, they're running off the side of the field like it's a Madden glitch and he's running into the end zone. <laughs> what do you think about Jalen Darden? And then KJ Britt as well with his run-stopping, thumping ability and intensity. What do you kind of think of those two picks first? Yeah, I mean, Jalen, it's just so interesting because, you know, they say, like, the knock on him is what? His size. He's 5'9", 170-something pounds. Yeah, but, on a good day. Yeah, on a good day, like, soaking <laughs> wet. Um, but he is so good after the catch, and he's so good after the catch because he's so good at being elusive and evading these tackles. And that's kind of something that the Bucks have maybe needed. If you need anything in this wide receiver room, which is very hard to even define it as a need at this point because it's so deep. Um, I think that you want some like someone that's really good with the yards after the catch type thing. So I think that that's a place where he can kind of fit in and situationally at least um, in this wide receiver room. But then also he's got the kick return experience, which is another place that the Bucks definitely wanted to get better at for this season. And he's had some pretty impressive <laughs> returns and he seems to have that vision, especially from being a receiver and how elusive he is. So I would, I'm really looking forward to seeing that kind of phase of the ball for the Bucks be elevated by him coming in. And then with KJ, I'm just like, I've said this before, I think on this podcast, it's like when I watch, especially defensive tape and defenders like that are either linebackers, outside linebackers, guys that are trying to get to the guy just to hit him. Um, I want to be like, Ooh, like, I want to physically react to these hits that these guys are laying down clean, of course. But that is when I switched on KJ Britt's highlights and his tape and all that kind of stuff. That was what I saw. I was seeing this thumper that just came downhill is not afraid to stick his nose in the pile and run support. And then he can also kind of track the ball really well. And he also, I mean, he was that true middle linebacker at Auburn. So he's commanding that defense from that middle spot. So he has the vision and he has the awareness to see everything going on around him and then also track the ball as well, which I think is really important with uh, the scheme that the Bucks have and how they utilize their inside linebackers. So I was super excited about him too. And obviously Carlton and Jamel also super excited yeah. to have another Auburn, <laughs> Auburn Tiger on the, on the roster. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and KJ even said that he was at, he's actually been talking to Jamel Dean a little bit leading up to the NFL draft, still interacted with Carlton on social media. Now they'll interact much, much closer uh, than they usually do. And, uh, hosted a lot on Auburn podcast. Actually, Zach Blackerby earlier this week even mentioned how KJ at the Senior Bowl was getting praised for his pass coverage more than you would expect uh, right. from from KJ Britt's college career. Not saying he is an elite pass covering no. linebacker, but it Seems looks like he's maybe a little there. bit improved. Yeah, and yeah. from this coaching staff and then teammates like Devin White, Levante David, et cetera, et cetera. You know, who knows uh, what else he could turn into. And then finally, Carmen, your thoughts on Chris Wilcox? I mean, seventh round pick, you know, practice squad, fighting for a roster spot, all that stuff, all <laughs> yeah. the cliche stuff. Uh, and then Grant Stewart. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm alone here, but I'm actually pretty excited to see maybe what he does. Uh, you know, I won't be there in person, unfortunately, for rookie camps or anything like that. But come training camp, hopefully there's some preseason games because that's where we get to see these guys and the Adam Humphreys of the world. Uh, he's one of my favorites <laughs> that I always call back to. So your thoughts on those two seventh round picks? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got CJ who is just really, really fast and you're looking for him to be kind of like that speedy guy on, on the outside. And then, you know, on special teams, you can definitely use him there. Um, so it'll be interesting though for him to get into any sort of a, the rotation in that secondary. But I think that it, the corners do need depth 
Um, and so that could be a way for him to fit in. But I definitely think his utilization was special teams, um, as I think a lot of the day three picks, that was the emphasis on them. Uh, Grant Stewart, his just his overall attitude and just like he even said it like he's like one of my strengths is just getting everybody fired up to play and like that is like the best thing you want to hear out of a guy that you're bringing in especially for likely some special teams reasons like you want those type of guys that are just like these rah-rah guys that get everyone's energy up and like you just appreciate that so much and talk about loving the game that is also great, Stewart. and just yeah. watching his film too it's like he just looks like he's having so much fun and I, for, especially for a kid that has overcome a lot in his life, um, has come from, has overcome a lot of adversity, has come from, you know, some pretty intense things that have, you know, happened to him throughout his life. To be so positive, to be so energetic, to look like he's having so much fun um, is, is such a huge attribute that I think is one of those intangible things that he's just a guy you want on your team. So I'm excited to see what he does. I think everybody's going to be rooting for him uh, to make the roster. But again, we talked about it just like, especially with the Bucks this season, you know, returning all your starters, not only your starters, but your rotational, a lot of your rotational guys too. There's just not a lot of spots. And as much as you want to keep everyone, uh, we're going to have to see come training camp. Yeah, absolutely. And last question, Carm, before I get you out of here, schedule release is going to be coming out probably yep. before we talk again on this show. Uh, so there, there seem to be some favorites. I want to know what your favorite is for the Buccaneers to open. Typically, right, you open at home. That is the tradition. I don't know if it's written in stone, but that is the tradition. Right, Buccaneers that's the, open at home. Right. Um, there have been conversations. Though. There have been people who said that they would be willing, and, and it's great for them to be willing for the Buccaneers to forego that home opener for the Super Bowl champion to see them open against New England Patriots. What are your thoughts on that? And then who would you like to see uh, the Buccaneers open up against in 2021? Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just a sucker for like the build up, but I, I don't know that I want because like if the Bucks would open the season at the Patriots, then like, what are you like anticipating the rest of the year? I mean, I know there's like some yeah. other really, really good matchups, but like that is like the one that everyone's obviously circled on their calendars. I mean, they circled this on their calendars when we signed Tom Brady March, yeah. you know, 20th of last year. So I feel like there. I want. I want there to be a little bit of buildup. I don't. I don't want to start the season with the Patriots. To be honest, I want. I want to. You know, kind of everybody get in the groove of the season, us to see what this team is, what who the Patriots are, and then you go at like I just. I don't know. That's just kind of my personal preference. I guess I, I'm not going to be mad either way. Um, I don't know. I. The Bucs have opened with the Saints the last couple of years, mm -hmm. but I don't know if, you know, because Drew Brees isn't there anymore, is that as much of, you know, a marquee matchup as far as the networks are concerned and all that right. kind of stuff. Not really sure that has the draw. I mean, I'm thinking like the Bills, that's a pretty big matchup just given the talent on both sides of the ball. These are both playoff, deep playoff teams. I mean, you know, the Bills making it to the AFC Championship. So I think that that would be a really interesting uh, way to kind of kick off the season again, but I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be excited about the first game just because it's the first game. So right. if it's not like this, one of the marquee matchups, this has always been my attitude. Like it's not one of the marquee matchups. I, that's okay. Cause I'm already going to be excited about it. Give me like bucks, Patriots, bucks, bills. Like when the season is like dragging on and I'm like, okay, I'm getting tired. But then I get like a refresh because this is such a huge matchup or whatever. I like to kind of space those out a little bit more, but again, that's just personal preference. So I don't know. I mean, if we started with the saints, 
I think that might be like honestly my preference just because it kind of eases you into the season. Carmen Vitale, Buccaneers.com staff writer. Uh, of course, always appreciate your time, Carmen. Uh, guys, find her on Twitter at Carmen V, also on Instagram at Carmen V. Carmen, uh, you mentioned it earlier in the episode, draft is over. So, what else do you have brewing over there for our listeners to go read at Buccaneers.com? <laughs> Yeah, I just actually finished an article today and it was a complimentary piece to uh, something Scott did earlier in the week. We are talking about how not only are the Buccaneers returning their starters on offense and defense, but they're returning an overwhelming amount of players that were responsible for an overwhelming amount of snaps, yeah. Uh, yeah. offensive and defensive. So Scott took offense, I took defense, and you know we heard in Dominican Sue after he resigned say that this defense wants to be the number one defense in the league. So right now there's an article up taking that angle and saying why that could very well be the case when you're returning 99.8% of your defensive snaps for next for this coming season. So yeah, yeah go check it out. Continuity, no longer an issue in Tampa, Florida. So Carmen, I appreciate not. your time as always. And you mentioned it, Scott Smith. We're actually scheduled to have Scott on our Monday episode next week. So guys, make sure you come back. Plenty of coverage of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming from inside the facility. Carmen, have a great weekend. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Talk to you guys later. All right, guys, that conversation is going to wrap up our week of content here. Again, if you missed any of it, please go back, check it out. Lots of guests, lots of experts covering some of these draft prospects directly themselves, sharing some insight into uh, what this 2021 NFL draft class is going to present for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When we talk again next week, James and I will be back together. And in, like I said to Carmen, we are scheduled to have senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com, Scott Smith, on. We're going to dive a little bit more into his thoughts on the overall draft class, how the offseason went since we haven't talked to Scott since before the Super Bowl. So we're going to catch up with Scott Smith next week, and then we'll probably start a deep dive into the depth chart as it stands right now. Surprise, surprise, most of the starting positions are locked in. But until then, guys, enjoy your weekend. If you're out about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you so much for joining me right here at Locked On Bucks.